Welcome back. Today we are talking about how to make money as a jazz musician. It might be a relatively taboo topic or one that is a mystery to many people. But just like any other musician, just like any other person, we need to make a living and we need to be creative in the way that we do it. I like to tell my students that they need to be just as creative in the way they think about their marketing, branding, and business as they are about their improvisations and compositions. So I hope that uh, this quick episode will give you some things to think about how you can take what you already have together, the content you already have together, the things that you teach already together, your performances, your bands, your groups, your ideas, and monetize them uh, and really start to think about growing your business as an artist in order to enable you to have the freedom that you want to have. So as always, you can check this out on YouTube, but I want to give you the behind-the-scenes audio-only version here on the audio experience. My name is Nick Finzer, and uh, hope you enjoy this episode. What's up guys? Today I wanted to answer a question that is a common question uh, I think for students everywhere. I got this from a student, I think he lives in Australia, um, and it came in a couple months ago and it's taken me a while to get around to it. I've been thinking about it and uh, I don't know if I have all the answers, but I maybe have a few answers that, that can shed some light on a few things uh, for a lot of people in terms of the financial side of being a jazz musician. So Quentin writes, Hello, Nick Finzer. I have a few questions as a young trombone player. What are the ways a jazz musician can earn money? He says, I understand the performances, but is there anything else? Well, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that go into uh, being a jazz musician and being a performer is only one small part of everything that we do as jazz musicians. I, unlike other people, might be delving into more than most. A lot of people stick squarely in the performance lane and uh, I think there's nothing wrong with that, and some people go strictly into a teaching lane, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, or there's music business and industry side, there's nothing wrong with that. Writing about music, talking about music, there's lots and lots of things you can do. Uh, and I just happen to uh, kind of be involved with almost all everything, uh, just because that's how I am, and that's where my interest lies, to be a kind of a 360 person to get involved with all different things. So it kind of raises a question, a big general question, about the value of art in society and the value of whether or not playing music or jazz music in particular uh, is worthwhile of people's money. And obviously as fans of the music, we think so. Uh, I think that there's a lot of reasons that people don't understand jazz. I mean, it's not in the air. It's not in the same way that it was. It's definitely become more of an art music than it ever has been in the history of the music. It's associated with classical music. It lives in institutions. Uh, it just, it has all of the outward appearance of classical music or other and other music that doesn't necessarily have a huge fan base. And that being said, I think there's a lot of ways to activate different fan bases from different parts of the industry for you to be able to build a career uh, that makes sense for you and that allows you to have the freedom uh, that you want to have as a musician. So I think it's worth noting that I didn't always have music jobs. You know, um, when I first started performing, uh, taking music seriously, I was a teenager and I was playing lots of, you know, high school ensembles and doing that. But I also started gigging when I was in high school um, around the age of 16. I started playing with wedding bands and other bands that were um, for hire type freelance things. So I've been doing freelance since I was 16 years old. I'm 30 now, so it was 14 years ago. So what year would have that been? I guess it would have been 2004. I've been doing that and at the same time I started having a private teaching studio teaching lessons here and there. Before any of that I was a normal high school kid who had 
high school kid jobs. The first job I ever had was uh, in a pizzeria. And then from there, I ended up working at a sandwich shop uh, that carried over into the year between, the summer between uh, high school and college. And then when I got into college, uh, as a freshman jazz trombone player, maybe I had a few students and maybe um, I needed money. So I, I ended up working um, for a call center you know, for a few months after the, my first year of college. And at that call center job, I realized a few things. One, uh, that I didn't want to have that kind of job ever again, and that I needed to figure out uh, how to make it happen. And I realized all the entrepreneurial type of tendencies that I had in that I would have rather spent twice as much time, you know, having my own projects than uh, working for somebody else. So I think that that makes for a great point, that in terms of being employable as a jazz trombonist, you have to have a lot of skills outside of just playing jazz, because jazz is a very niche music. So that means you have to be versatile enough to play wedding bands, that means you're playing rock and funk, and then you need to be able to play Latin music. When I was in college, the biggest music that I played all the time was salsa music. Uh, there happens to be a large Puerto Rican population in Rochester, huge upstate New York, Puerto Rican festivals every summer and got an opportunity to play with amazing musicians that would come up from New York and Puerto Rico. Uh, and it was a huge learning experience to get to get reading together, to get uh, playing you know, loud and in that sort of style together, figuring out how to read handwritten charts. There's just so many factors that went into it that sometimes we look over, we, we forget that all these skills we need to develop. You wanna make sure that you're able to be hired in all of those different settings, classical, jazz, you know, theater work, anything, because I definitely in New York have done all of that stuff. All of that stuff has been super important in terms of the performance side of a career. So it's not just playing with all the great people that we get to play with. I love playing every month with Lucas Pino's Nonette at Smalls, but you know, the finances of that, it's more like 50 bucks or 100 bucks for the gig than it is like making a couple hundred bucks on a, on a wedding band or something like that. So you got to balance it all out. I tell all of my students this, it's never too early uh, to start figuring out how you're going to teach because teaching as being a part of a music that is not only sustainable by performing, you have to be able to teach, you have to be able to connect with people who do the similar things that you're doing and want to get better at it. So I have had a studio since I was in college. I was in my sophomore year of college, freshman year, even in high school I was teaching some lessons to fourth graders, you know, beginners and just start doing it. Try to find ways of connecting with students in order to um, start that relationship. Just start figuring out how you can share what you know with other people because it's gonna take you some time to figure out how to connect, how to explain what you do. I've taught at all different levels. I've taught beginner, I've taught at community music schools in Rochester, community music schools in New York, adults. I run a nonprofit, the Institute for Creative Music, where we've worked all across the country doing master classes and grants and all this kind of stuff, and which, which has led me to be able to have a teaching gig now. Uh, the first time I got a teaching gig was four years ago. I was 26 years old and I started teaching at Florida State University as a visiting professor. So that gig was only for a couple of years, which has led me to this gig, which I have now in the University of North Texas. And uh, it was these you know, little baby steps in terms of that side, the teaching side, that I started when I was in high school. And so it's not too late. So if you haven't started teaching, you want to start now. So you, if that's something that you think you might want to do in the future. You know, and a lot of people don't talk about this, but there's a lot of jobs that are available within the music industry that aren't 
um, playing music, you know, getting a chance to tour a little bit with some bigger acts. There's a lot of support staff that are in the music industry. Uh, and there's lots of people that need to do those jobs, uh, working sound, being a sound engineer, either live or in a studio, learning how to do lights, learning how to work at a theater, learning how to work for a touring agency in terms of being a tour manager and or coordinating or being a manager or being a booking agent. All those things involve around the circle of music, working for a record label, uh, being a production assistant. You know, all that stuff is within the industry. And if you're at a time in your life, maybe in college now, where you can spend some time learning about all these different parts of the industry that are not the performing part is gonna really inform you and be able to help you in terms of making your own career and making informed decisions about how you can uh, make money in this industry. Some other ways you can make money, I have an assistant and uh, you know I pay hourly for an assistant. So if there's someone who you wanna know what they do, you might be able to volunteer to be an intern for them or an assistant and start to learn some of the industry from them. Um, you can do work just that has to do with helping manage time, helping manage email, all the stuff that goes into normal everyday to day things. Music is a business just like anything else and it has to be dealt with uh, in the same ways that we deal with any business. There's lots of logistics that go into it. It's not just the, you know, all the things we look forward to as performers uh, each and every day. In addition to all that stuff, you know, there's other supplemental things you can do to try to make money in the music industry and that would be offering products and that could be CDs, it could be books, it could be endorsing products, it could be, you know, some products that I endorse are Facet Mutes. Uh, I, I really enjoy working with them. They make great stuff and I can use them on my records and enhance what I do and it's mutually beneficial between the two parties. Uh, talking to instruments, buying and selling instruments. You know, something I've been thinking about lately is how can we, you know, flipping instruments. I haven't actually done it yet, but if you're someone that's super knowledgeable about all different types of trombones and the history of trombone and or your instrument, it doesn't have to be trombone, saxophone, whatever, and you start buying up instruments, getting them fixed, you know, you buy it for less than the price you know you can sell it, and you sell it after you pay for the, the, the fixes, and you can make money that way. I know it's not performing music, but it's related to music. It's your knowledge of music that's gonna allow you to do that. The other thing that you're gonna wanna do probably is get involved with media, the media side of music. If you wanna get involved with the media side of music, that could be podcasts, could be video content, could be social media management. All of these skills for you as a performer are gonna come into play. So if you can learn about them now, that's definitely gonna be helpful for you as a, at whatever stage in the game you are now. So just to recap, the main ways that we can make money in the music industry is one, obviously to perform, and that's either as a freelancer or as a leader. Sometimes it's doing artistic stuff, sometimes doing work for hire kind of stuff, sometimes it's doing uh, classical, sometimes it's doing jazz, pop, R&B, anything, as a craftsman of your instrument. Something that's not you, but just it's your instrument. We need a trombonist, we need a violist. Not, we need you specifically. So that's the second time type of performance gigs is the gigs where you're getting called to be you. It's your musical personality. That's what's on showcase. That's like when you get to play, you know, at jazz venues, people's projects, recording sessions of their music, all that stuff as a sideman is really important. The next way is gonna be as a leader, doing your own music, leading your own projects, whether they're themed and they help you to 
you know, book weddings, and it's a, or maybe you have a brass band and you can do New Orleans themed weddings, or maybe you have another project that's very specific to a certain, certain situation, and you can market that as a business, uh, separate from you, the musician, doing your art. A great example of that was a musician friend of mine who started Postmodern Jukebox. If you don't know Postmodern Jukebox, it's a giant corporation at this point doing shows all over the world and it started as just doing videos in this friend of mine's apartment and uh, it's grown into something huge and it was themed around a certain thing and he turned his knowledge of jazz into that whole big project. So aside from performance, then we have the teaching side and the other things we didn't necessarily, we didn't get to talk about yet was creating teaching materials, master classes, books, etudes, duets, charts, all of this kind of printed educational material that you can start to sell on your website, in person, and at stores. There's a lot to all this stuff, but these are the big picture things. If you want to know more about any of this stuff, please leave it in the comments below because I want to be able to dive into it more, but I'm just trying to give an overview of all the different things that you can do uh, to make money in the music industry uh, in 2018 and beyond. You could teach at a college, you could teach at a high school, you could teach at a middle school, you could teach privately, you could do all of those things. Uh, all of them are equally um, viable things, but you have to make a plan in order to, in terms of what you need to actually make those things happen, in terms of actually being able to succeed in going down that path. For me, I like to do all this stuff. And then there's the whole industry side, record labels, booking agents, managers, all the support staff for touring, the support staff at the venues, audio, video, creating content, social media management. There's a whole industry around the people, around the bands that needs to happen in order for them to play the shows. So hopefully all of this has been informative to you. Please do let me know all the questions that you have. If you wanna know everything that I'm up to, I'm a freelance performer playing all different types of gigs in New York and around the world, touring, uh, playing locally. I lead my own bands. My main band is called Here and Now, and it's my music. And then I play, I, I don't have any themed projects at the moment in terms of like getting hired for a wedding or anything like that. That's not been my focus. Instead, I focus on the other things. I have a record label and media company called Outside in Music. Outside in Music obviously puts out records, but we also make video content. We do social media management. We do artist management. We do booking uh, and a whole bunch of other things. It's kind of a 360 artist platform uh, that we're trying to build there. I've been doing that since about 2013, slowly building, 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 building. I also run a nonprofit called the Institute for Creative Music where we've gotten grants. That's another way to make music, to make money in this industry. And that is a difficult and uphill climb. However, uh, well worth it if it's something that you're interested in doing. So running a nonprofit, running a media company, and lastly, uh, I've gotten rid of most of my educational activities to focus solely on running an online studio, Nick Finzer's virtual studio, where I put a lesson up every single week. I write books, I write music, uh, I have uh, a duet book in the works, I have uh, some etude books in the works, and, oh yeah, and I also teach at the University of North Texas, where I am a professor, and so all of those things combined make a life in music. So I hope this has been informative. I hope it answered your question, Quentin. I'm sorry it took me so long to get back to you, but there's the answer. Thanks for being here. Stay tuned here on the YouTube channel for a lot more videos. Two, at least one, if not two posts every single week. And uh, happy practicing, and we're gonna see you guys back here real soon.